Welcome to the Voices of the Land, where we tell a rolling story of land conservation from all angles and perspectives. Here, we explore why the Westerly Land Trust mission to conserve open space, revitalize culturally significant properties, and provide environmental programs is beneficial to the community and to the environment. Join us on this tremendous journey of wonderment and empathy towards the natural wonders of our world. here, your new host of Voices of the Land. This is season two. We made it. We're doing it. This thing is keep on going. I'm really excited uh, for this opportunity to continue the podcast that Joe started. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And here, 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 here we are. I'm doing it. So it's great. Sitting alongside me, supporting me, inspiring me as always is Erica Lebling. Um, and this week, we're going to take a listen to our conversation with Deirdre O'Connor. When Eric and I were thinking about um, who to have uh, for the first week, you know, it's, this is a new thing for, for me. So I was like, let's, let's take it easy the first week. And uh, it was a no-brainer that Deirdre was the person to talk to. She's, she's easy to talk to. She's kind. She's inspiring. She's great. So um, we were happy to invite her here to the Western Land Trust head, headquarters at Barlow Nature Preserve um, to have a chat about uh, forest bathing. Deirdre has joined uh, the Westerly Land Trust as part of our Wellness in the Woods initiative, um, and she has hosted multiple forest bathing guided walks at Wahanita Preserve. Um, we're looking forward to scheduling a few more of these walks. They've been really successful, um, and we want to reach more people and expose more people to uh, forest bathing. Forest bathing has is, is kind of been a buzzword, and uh, you might have seen it in a lot of headlines uh, over the past couple of years as it uh, rapidly increases in popularity across the world. But there's a lot of questions about, about what it is, um, and I think Deirdre's the person to shed some light on it. She's a certified forest therapy guide uh, and a doctor of naturopathic medicine. Uh, she's the founder and clinical director um, of uh, Natura Medica in Mystic, Connecticut. Since she's moved on from that practice, she's really um, fully dedicated herself uh, to her new business, Sweet Fern Forest Therapy, uh, and spreading, uh, spreading the word about what forest bathing is and how it can really help us all connect to the natural world, and, and in doing that, connect to ourselves. So without further ado, uh, sit down, stand up, go for a walk in the woods, do whatever you want, but make sure you listen to our conversation with Deirdre O'Connor. Sorry. No, sorry, it's a crisis. Sorry to it's a crisis. It's a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not Irish. Yeah, you're so. not, so it's not your problem. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't ma- I, what I said doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 Let's do this. I know. We're already doing it. I know we're doing it. But... <laughs> um, so anyways, we're happy to have you here. And I think... For the first episode of the new year, it's great to have you because you're so easy to talk to. Thanks. And, um, you know, our relationship with you is growing in the community and with the land trust and what you're doing with forest bathing. Um, and so I guess in, in your own words, like, 
uh, what are you up to? What do you, what do you, what do you, what are your goals with the Western Land Trust? And what, what's your connection? Who are you? Oh, yeah, who yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, the connection is this place we live, mm-hmm. you know, this marvelous place we live. And, um, for me, many of the land trust properties were places that I could go to or go to when I was working. Um, before I retired, uh, easily, I could get to them easily, I didn't have to travel, they were always really beautifully maintained, interesting environments, places to explore. Um, but uh, what happened when I was working was I just didn't feel like I had the bandwidth at all to be able to give back to my community more than I was just doing in my day-to-day practice and mothering and this and that. Um, and. You know, I would see people, besides writing checks, um, I would see people, you know, out there in the community doing other things besides their job. Like, how do they do that? <laughs> uh, but I just knew I didn't have it. So um, then when I retired, I was like, this is my opportunity to start embracing that part of life. And what can, I guess the word is give back, but it's not really that either. Just become involved in a different aspect of our community. Um, so that's kind of where the start of it is. Mm. And then for me, the natural place for that would be the land trust, just because of my affinity for the natural world. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you want to spend your time after yeah. you retire? You're like outside. Right. What, what are the spaces outside? What are the spaces outside? And then, uh, and then honoring this place that I live and the, the idea of creating, um, mm, not enhancing the place that we live. What else can we do here to create sustainable, livable, wonderful place to live so you don't have to go away? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is even introducing people to the land, which is what, you right. know, what you're doing with, through forest bathing is, is people may drive past a preserve and never really give it a lot of thought and think, or, you know, think, oh, there's a bunch of trees or something like that, but you are asking people to join you out on the land and to connect to it in a different way, which I think is um, is a great way to give back to your community, although mm-hmm. that's, a, that's what you said you're not doing, yeah. <laughs> but a great way uh, to inspire people to look closer at the place where they live. I think a lot of people go by with blinders on all the time. Yeah. I mean, I imagine for 50, 80% of the people driving right in front of the farm here are yeah. just like, what is that place? Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and you know one of our goals is, for a while the Westerly Land Trust has been a really greatly kept secret, and we don't want it to be a secret. You know, we want people to be out there and enjoying, and even just acknowledging that there are places out there that they can escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I, that's a good word, that escape, because I think when. You take some when you're inviting people to go out into the um, into the forest or into the natural environment. Part of the healing or whatever it is that t- the magic that takes place is being away. And one experience I had with leading the forest bathing uh, walks on Wahanita is many people had never been there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't even know about this place. You know, and I'm thinking, well, that's good. That's why those trails are so uncrowded that I like. Um, <laughs> do I really want to do this? I know, yeah, but you do want to keep it a secret part of you, right? <laughs> um, 
but the, that magic of going away, taking yourself out of your day-to-day -day and immersing into an environment, even though it's right next door, now you're just seeing the rock outcroppings or the streams or the trees or whatever. Um, and it really does make that experience, I think, deeper and uh, something you want to return to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now talk to us a little bit about I think we touched on this slightly the last time you were here, but um, I think that we, as a culture, a current culture, think of going out into the natural world as an escape, like we just talked about. But if you look back in the history of our species, uh, it's I don't know. It's there's not, no separation. There's no separation. You lived outside. That's you right. li you know, and so. So talk about what it's like now for our species in this current time to be reconnecting with nature, if you would like to talk about that. <laughs> I think people are yearning for it, for sure. I mean, just the disconnect. Um, they're yearning for it. There's a need for it. There's uh, what, would happen, what would happen if all of us did that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, But that importance of, for instance, just even the whole technological digital age or whatever that we're doing, it doesn't have to be digital, just removed from nature. We're getting ahead of ourselves on that. You know, it, we're, we're seeing that fall out like with Facebook and teenage um, self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, we got ahead of ourselves on that. Mm -hmm. um, not going, using uh, technology as your experience of the outdoors. Even though, we, even though the screensaver that comes up, they're almost all natural. Correct. Almost all of them are. Some of them are, are graphically yeah. you know, edgy, but most of them are scenes of nature. That's true. And it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, when you think of serenity. Of serenity, and you know, they're, they're trying mm -hmm. to make it to keep you on that box. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not real nature, and now we're looking at nature and we're not experiencing nature. Mm -hmm. And I think that same filter happens when you don't go outside. You look at it as something different from you. Mm -hmm. So now, mm -hmm. what's that gonna do? Yep. Not so good. Yep. And that's why environmentally, I think we're at this, cro not, we're at this crisis point, or it's been building for hundreds of years, right. actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, just think about it. But again, um, that's getting ahead of ourselves. We were ahead of ourselves, and we didn't quite realize that. Yeah. Just like with our techno with with our the industrial revolution, we're like this is great, but we were getting ahead of ourselves. Now that we're expanding exponentially, we're we're ahead. Now we're getting we're ahead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and people look for safety in the indoors and and fear the outdoors. And you know, in many circumstances. And they should. Yes. I mean, I think there's um, going outside is not without peril, right. but. Um, not going outside is also not yeah. without per peril. Right. I have a friend who you get on his boat and he said, I guarantee you won't drown, but you might poke your eye out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always a risk. There know? is a risk, but look at, look at, to go back to technology, look at the, the damaging effects of mm -hmm. staying indoors too. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are, uh, there are always risks everywhere you go, inside or outside. And and maybe you know we've been talked that the risks with technology, with the sedentary lifestyle, with not connecting with the natural world around you, we're just learning about those risks. Whereas the risks of going outside and 
uh, a tree falling on you, uh, being struck by lightning, drowning, uh, you know, a, a other apex predators, you know, attacking you or something like that. Those are stories and ideas that we as humans have been familiar with for all of time, yeah. right? And even in our genetic heritage, like that, those those lessons and those fears have been passed down to us. These fears are nowhere close to. Aw- we're not aware of those fears. One, two, they're not encoded in us, mm-hmm. and I don't think they will ever have the opportunity to become. In- Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I they will. I don't know about that, Mark. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know how they talk about how dogs like um, uh, evolve really quickly we thought that they it took longer for the how did the man uh human dog relationship begin mm-hmm. and it, it took a lot of taming and this mm-hmm. and this that that turned over within one generation i think of dogs one or two it was all of a sudden they were domesticated it was very quick and i wonder about human species and this that it may not be um as slow as we think it would be mm-hmm. so um that's but good. yeah, interesting. Yeah. But let's go back to the human. Like what I just got interested in was the human apex predator that mm-hmm. that fight or flight response when the saber toothed tiger is bearing down mm-hmm. on you. You know when you're out gathering berries or something. Um, though that kind of threat was episodic. Mm-hmm. It came and it went. It wasn't twenty four seven. But the threat that um, the twenty four hour news cycle has on us, the twenty four hour um, email cycle that many people are um, exposed to or whatever is um, that is relentless mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really wearing us down stress and fear and episodic stuff well, mm-hmm. that just keeps you sharp mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. but I think that this other aspect of it is really where it, it becomes nefarious mm-hmm. and we have to look at that how do we manage this mm-hmm. you know just like you learn about nutrition and what is good for you to eat and there's some people who still don't or whatever don't want to look at it I there is definitely ways to mindfully manage um, your digital life or your technical life and have it enhance mm-hmm. your life and mm-hmm. not be subject to it mm-hmm. you know yeah. I've thought often about okay going back to what we we're saying about uh, our disconnect from nature and how we've, you know, we're inside, nature's outside, and and there's, I, I don't think about, personally, I don't think about there being a hybrid future, right? Or I'm like, ah, oh, I just want to run away and live in the woods and live, live how we used to live, right? There's a sort of like, there's a rejection idea there. But I think that um, what, 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 you, what you touched on is that, that there is this hybrid future. There is, and we, we, we can't, okay, sometimes I, I don't have my phone and I scroll Instagram and I want to be, I, I say I have to stop Instagram. I can I never. Stop. It's like eating popcorn. Yeah. You can't stop. You can't yeah. stop. And, you, and but then, so what you say, you say, I can never have popcorn again because I remember how I feel with this. Mm-hmm. I think that that does yourself a disservice and does the world and society that we live in a disservice because at the end of the day, these are tools. And if we do, we don't want them to take, run us over. We, we need to, we need to cultivate the good out of them. Right. And that's like, that's hard. That's a lot harder than saying, I'm never going to go on Instagram again. That's a lot harder than when you, when, when I say I want to run away and go live in the woods, that's, that's an easy option. You know, we, the hard road is, is 
discipline. creating uh, discipline, yeah, discipline. and yeah. creating an, a brighter yeah. future, a different future, mm -hmm. and deciding what is important to you. Mm -hmm. You know that discernment of what floats your boat, mm -hmm. and I don't think we do a whole. I mean that that introspection on what is sacred to you or what is um, your philosophy, even having a personal philosophy that doesn't have to be, you know. You shove it down people's throats, mm. but that it guides you mm -hmm. and um, teaching that critical thinking about the technology even to each other. Yep. Do you touch on that when you do your forest bathing? Do not you do... a lot. You know, what I ask people, there's not a lot of time because I want people to just drop in to right. the, to the right. experience, but what I, I do invite people to turn off their phones yeah. and not bring their phones. Yeah. Either not bring them, I have one for safety, yep. otherwise let's not even... I guess, I guess, um, not do you touch on technology, but do you touch on um, asking people to set intentions for what they value most, mm -hmm. or is that no? Is I think that just something that's homework, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> or it might come. To, it yeah. might come up as part of a discussion mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. um, usually, people are talking about more like, "Wow, I, I forgot about this," or mm -hmm. "This really is important to me," or mm -hmm. "I want to do more." Of being outside or nature exploration and nature yep. connection um, I think it's funny like um, on, on the opposite side of doing of eating all the popcorn I know that like if I go out for a good run I'm like man that felt great and I wish that that feeling was better at motivating me to do it again mm. and I think that that's probably what a lot of people who go for a hike in the woods like this is great I need to do this all the time and then you get caught up in life and you forget like um, how good it actually feels. Um, Just like the episodes of fear, there's the episodes of, of joy too. Yeah. And and yeah, we don't we don't we live in a twenty four hour uh -huh. culture now, right? I don't know. And Maybe I, that's well, a way to connect. Well, I, yeah, and I wish that 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 like those endorphins were more motivating, but I think that <laughs> they could be if it was if you got in a habit mm -hmm. and it was part of your daily life was I'm going to start every day with a walk in the woods and then you you can't start a day without that mm -hmm. and I think that that is um it's like you kind of got to like force yourself to do it a couple of times mm -hmm. knowing that you really want to do it and then it'll become second nature I think that can happen but yeah. you guys are right in the middle of you know the I would consider the some of the toughest parts of your life. It's also good, but getting your oars in with career development, mm -hmm. what track are you going to take? How is this going to work? How are you going to pay the rent? How, you know, raising your children. Um, there's a lot of demands on our time. Yeah. And so I think that's a real, a real thing that mm -hmm. the pace at which we move as Americans, mm -hmm. and my guess is probably Europeans as well, those guys are moving fast. Yeah. They, they have a little bit more downtime, but they're still moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think we were losing, that's another place where we're getting ahead of ourselves, the mm -hmm. demands of saving for retirement, college education, uh, the vacation, mm -hmm. all of it is you're feeding a beast yeah. a lot. And then where is that time? And then if that time is there, you know, it's just squeezed in. Right. Do you so, know the fisherman, the Mexican fisherman parable? Do you know? That? No. Um, I will probably mess it up on the podcast here, so I'm going to try to do my very best. But I, I highly recommend that you go and, and research it for yourself. The Mexican but, fisherman. Fisherman. Yes. So basically, it is uh, an American businessman meets a Mexican fisherman. 
he's on vacation or something and he's like, um, you know, you're working so hard fishing or no, he says, how do you spend your day? He says, well, I wake up, I go out fishing, I come home, I take a siesta, I go hang out with my wife, I play in a band with my friends. And then, um, and he's like, well, you know, if you, um, started selling your fish here, you could double your income, you could buy more boats, you could do all this, do all this. And basically like promoting him to work harder and stronger and everything. And, and he said, and what would I get out of that? And he said, well, in, you know, 20, 30 years, you'll retire and then you can spend all your time fishing and hanging out with your friends at a bar and <laughs> spending time with your wife and taking a siesta. So basically like he was already living the life that most people are fighting for to get. Yeah. Um, so all you didn't job. butcher it. What? <laughs> you didn't butcher it. Well, there's some things that are, uh, I, I probably left some things out. So I highly recommend everybody goes in and researches mm -hmm. that. I think it's also a Kenny Chesney song, but I heard it first <laughs> as a parable. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think that um, one thing that I personally have realized about my life is that I like a slower moving pace. And whether this was realized moving out of a city, you know, I lived in Houston, I lived in Atlanta, and then I moved to a small town here in, in well, across the river in Connecticut. Whether it was that, whether it was for all the harm that COVID did, it also taught me about slowing down. And I think it was kind of a combination of those two things that I feel very secure in my place right now where I'm, I'm not, I feel like I'm not in a rat race, which is, uh, allows me, thanks Mark, which allows me to cherish and value the time that I have with my family, with my children specifically, and, um, and I feel like I'm in a therapy session just mm -hmm. telling you guys this, yeah. but I, I do feel like I have gotten to a point where I've been able to say no to things. So I think that I, I welcome everybody to join That's, me in this. Yeah. I, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's, it really it's, is. And finding mm -hmm. what is meaningful to you. Yes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Instead of answering it for somebody, someone else's life. And I think a lot of that actually which you touched on was, was turning off the news, the constant news cycle, the constant, uh, social media cycle. Like, I feel like I replaced it with books in 2020. I replaced it with, um, as much as we can see friends right now, yeah. you know, like I, I, but I had to make an educated and conscious decision to cut things out. So Discipline, yeah. to create the space for what's to come in. And, and yeah. that required a lot of like, and what I, is what I'm doing right this moment the best value of my time? Mm -hmm. And and so just being aware of that. Mm -hmm. So there you is, go. Is there a way that you think forest bathing can help people with finding that discipline once they leave, you know? Because they will have to leave, right? Sure, yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You um, have to go home. <laughs> unless you go out and live unless you go like Mark. <laughs> See a bunch of people encamped at the cabin at, at Juanita. Yeah, like we took one, like we took one walk with Deirdre. Yeah, and look at what we, happened to us. We live here now. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, we um, what I hope that people learn, um, and one forest is is in one forest bathing session, and then perhaps if they go with other guides or additionally come on other different walks with me, is they learn a way of doing self care. That this opens up a whole treasure trove of, oh. I could do this like 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 my typical forest therapy walk or forest bathing walk will last about two hours start to finish um, 
Sometimes we don't have two hours to be in the woods and do the whole thing. But when you learn how to do it, you can just say, oh, I'm going to just notice um, all the moss today. Or what am I, I'm going to just really listen as I'm walking through. Just pick out one little thing so that when your brain starts to go off and natter and to doing the to-do list, then you can bring it back. Wait, 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 I was going to listen to the birds. You know, just going back and forth with that. So um, I hope that people look at it ultimately as a way, uh, as a, um, a tool in their self-care toolkit. Mm -hmm. That this is one more way to be outside because certainly it's not the only thing. You get a great deal of um, benefit from running through the woods or walking through the woods mm -hmm. quickly, I mean, or using it as exercise. It's not exercise so much because your heart rate doesn't go up or whatever. Um, but there's also all sorts of benefits to being in the woods or being in the natural environment. So if people have one more way, or if you're not one of those athlete, outdoorsy types, this does invite you in a little bit. But really with something like um, forest bathing or nature connection, you can do it with houseplants. Mm, okay. Yeah. In what way? What way? You could just, about, about the texture, about the colors, about the smell, about the soil, about the shape of different plants you could notice. You can have people do that indoors. Yeah. You can, um, I know a couple of my colleagues do senior citizen, um, what are the, assisted living facilities, mm -hmm. and they have two, two groups of people, those that they help do this indoors because they're not mobile, than the others that they bring outside. But there's, so there's a lot of different potential. So even for different able-bodied people, even yeah. developmentally, dis, uh, developmentally dis, dis, um, dis delayed people, yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. um, non-neurotypicals non or whatever they're called, yeah. whatever yeah. it's called. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I think it's a profound self-care tool. Yeah. And yeah. I feel great when I come out, just like you do, you know, just like, oh, this is so wonderful to the point now, because I have that air in my schedule. It is, you know, I look at the week, I look at the weather, I look at the wind and go, when am I going to do my walks? Perfect. Where will they be? Yeah. And, and it's a necessity for you. Necessity. Yep. Yeah. Happens That's all great. the time. My friends often know. They'll say, oh, she's in the woods. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I can relate to that. It's like I, I look at my weekend and I go, oh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm busy this weekend. I can't, because it, I've learned to create sanctuary or, or really protect that time, those mornings, mm -hmm. you know, out there, yeah. or when the weather's going to be good, or I mean, you know, as a surfer, skier, when the, when the waves are good, when the, when the, when the snow is falling, like I'm, that time is important to me because it's a vehicle to connect and mm -hmm. with myself too, actually, yeah. with nature and with, with myself. Mm -hmm. And what, how do you, how do you, Mark, prioritize that? over if somebody's like oh i really wish you would come hang out or, or mm -hmm. whatever, like how like learning to say no like yeah. you said too and 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 relaying that information mm -hmm. to somebody else and as someone who who is open and receptive and, and, and a friend and, and listening you know they know when that stuff is important mm -hmm. to you mm -hmm. right and we'll, we'll we'll be happy that you're honoring that time now it doesn't always it's not always the case and you we we, we make the um, there are trade-offs all the time. Some days I might have to sacrifice that time outside yeah. because, you know, it matters to somebody else, right? right? You right. know, or or um, or it's windy. 
<laughs> right. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I think it's, it's okay. I have to, you have to have alternatives. So this is something I wanted to bring up too. So I wanted to push back when you say, when we think about nature as a, a tool, right? There's a little bit of that verbiage that we use there, right? And, and it's sort of, I think that's the utilitarian way that we thought about it a lot. Now, mm-hmm. I, di- I do not think that you think about... I get what you're well, saying. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, how can, um, with, your, with the people that you bring out there, your clients, I guess, how can um, you help them... Do you think that nature reveals itself as having many, many uses besides bringing awareness at, at the time? You know, I'm not quite getting to my, the root of my question, but I, I'm trying to think about... Reciprocity. Do, yeah. I think, how do you engage in reciprocity mm-hmm. in the natural environment? Because then it would be sustainable, right? I think if we think about... If forest bathing becomes like another, um, now I agree that trail running is, I still am connecting with nature there, but I, it's definitely more utilitarian, right? It's more like I'm, you know, I'm exercising, I'm servicing my body so that I can, whatever. But um, I, how can we prevent forest bathing or, 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 you know, mindfulness with nature from being just another tool, another dumbbell, another tool in the gym, right? How can we realize that there is that reciprocity? Yeah, that reciprocity, and then there's the other. So, um, and underlying that is the the energy, the the um, the heart of it. You know, the spiritual aspect of it, that deep connection. So we can connect with nature and downregulate our nervous systems, or this or that, and that all feels really good. And then, then we have those moments when we're connecting from our heart, where we have an awesome experience. It doesn't have to be huge. It just touches us in our deepest places. Mm-hmm. Um, and encouraging that, I think, even having dialogue for that, well, that's not science. That's really slippery stuff, Dirtle, you're on. <laughs> I was like, well, no. I mean, there's, this is, of course, um, well-known to the Native American culture and many mm-hmm. other um, traditional cultures. Um, we've sanitized it out of our system for mm-hmm. sure recently and mm-hmm. the whole Descartes split, mm-hmm. body and mind. But um, so I think that two things. One, I talk about reciprocity with uh, participants in that I will key them in that the forest is really glad that you're here mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. You know, I really feel that way. I think the forest is glad we're there. And now they're not, you know, the trees aren't swaying and, you know, or they're not, and, then, and they're not going to be mean to you and throw apples at you yeah. like <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Um, but there is a sense of, I hope people can welcome that. Know that you are welcomed here, that this, this, is, this is something that they, they know you are here mm-hmm. just by vibration, mm-hmm. you know, just by this footsteps on the ground um and then the whole aspect of reciprocity what by just witnessing i feel in reciprocity when someone witnesses me when they listen to me and so i'm wondering do trees feel that reciprocity when we're in a place uh or any plant any animal the natural environment the whole Mm -hmm. whole thing does is that resonance felt um, when I'm there, and mm-hmm. does that also help that piece of land at that time or that spot? Mm-hmm. And I think there is an amp up 
I yeah. do. I, you can feel it. What I would um, add to that is if you are out in nature and and expressing your gratitude, I feel like that is something that is a um, it it helps the person expressing it, but I do feel like putting gratitude out into the, your surroundings, mm-hmm. I feel like is also giving that energy to wherever you are. Right. Which sounds kind of hokey the way that I'm saying mm-hmm. it, but I do feel like, um, like by being mindful about your gratitude, not only are you putting the energy out there, but also you're going to uh, treasure that place more and protect it and I think that's the mm-hmm. reciprocity that you're looking for, mm-hmm. right? Is is doing your best to make sure that the surroundings stay the way that they are. Mm-hmm. And just like when you go to church and you thank God for for mm-hmm. you know the opportunities that you have and your family and and all, you know His sacrifice, you know you can that you can do the same thing out, outside, yeah. Yeah. and that can become like that like the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or do you remember in um, when Jen wrote her uh, milestones for the latest newsletter mm-hmm. at the Western Land Trust mm-hmm. newsletter? Um, it was about her recent trip out west, and she had right. interacted with a woman um, from uh, a Native American culture, and how she expressed her gratitude every time they would take something from nature. They would make sure that nature was thanked for it, and it was this whole line of, you know, long line of heritage of expressing gratitude Mm -hmm. um, to ancestors, to the next, like passing it on to the next generation. And I found that very moving Mm -hmm. um, and something that, you know, a lot of people and probably the way that we got where we are today is because not enough people were thankful for the natural elements that we have. There for the take. And Mm -hmm. yep, reaped what they could. And I mean, that's why we have cell phones and things that I use, so I can't really t- say yeah. too many bad things, unfortunately. But um, but I do think that, uh, that like putting those good vibes and that good energy back out um, mm. can manifest in many ways, whether it's the energy transfer or actual hands in the dirt protecting the environment mm. and encouraging our friends and family to do the same. Yeah, and reciprocity, you know, I've thought about you know, reciprocity doesn't stop when you're not in the woods. So mm-hmm. the work that you're doing here at the Land Trust, that's deep reciprocity for the natural world. Licking envelopes for the annual appeal, if, or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually reciprocity, even if you dial it all the way back. Yep. You know, so um, we don't have to just be in, in the environment to experience the reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have this fun little thing that I do. I um, and I don't do if no any. I just do it when I know there's nobody around. So let's say I'm in Juanita and I scan to make sure there's no cars in the park. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice when you pull up and there aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, I can do it. I know that you can always sneak in with I the back end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but what I love to do is stand in the middle of that circle uh-huh. and sing, and I don't sing any p- specific song unless one's on my mind. But I just kind of just some notes just start coming out, and I just sing in a, and I just keep turning as I'm singing to all the tree, everybody out there just, and that's sort of that vibration thing, uh-huh. and and it it really uplifts my spirits quite a bit, and um, I think I sometimes I feel like I'm Beethoven or, <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then you know, and then I leave, and yeah. But I just feel like there's been this something happened. Yeah. There. So if you feel changed by it, that's great. That's and listen to maybe there is a rest because you listen right. to yeah. yeah by your friend yeah. by the trees yes you know, and and more and right. then listening back. Uh-huh. If Deirdre yeah. sings in the forest, is there anybody to hear? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um and. How long have you been doing this? Oh, not. I just started doing it probably okay. in the past past six months. And what inspired that? Reciprocity. I was just trying to think about how how am I in exchange mm-hmm. in, with this. So that's when I kind of did a deep dive into what is reciprocity. Mm-hmm. What what what? And how how is it affecting me? And then I thought, well, I just that would be a really nice thing to do to sing to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Like your kids. And a chorus yeah. was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was thinking about in this book called Becoming Animal by David Abram. I always wondered that um, if you can listen to a tree and tell by its sound what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, can you listen to the wind going through an oak tree and can you discern the difference between that and the sweet birch or the black birch that's right next to it. Mm-hmm. And does it sound different? Mm-hmm. And I haven't been able to tune my hearing to that yet. And then do tree, how do trees sound different with leaves, without leaves? Mm-hmm. You know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading in Abram's book that there's a guy in the Pacific Northwest that can bring you down to the absolute species of the tree. Wow. That he can tell which oak it is, which, well, he mostly does evergreens out there. Uh-huh. So which tree it is? Does he have to be blind? No, no. He he didn't say that. Yeah. And I remember writing in my in the margin of the book. I knew it. I knew that could happen. (laughs) Yeah. So but so I tune. tune, So Mm -hmm. I try to tune just to see can I, or just to listen can I can I discern a difference and so far not so much but you never know it might just keep coming Mm -hmm. right just like what am I listening to. Yeah. How is that wind traveling? Well, think about like the people who, I mean, this is a, a, an obvious example, but the people who can tell the difference between um, bird songs, right. you know? I mean, I think, I think you just have to train your ears. Train your ears. Bring it into your deep. awareness. Yes. yes. And, and maybe the forest bathing and, and, and people's involvement, whether they're involved one time or, you know, multiple times with you, you, you at least put this into their awareness, mm-hmm. right? That nature, that that there are these spaces here where you can observe infinitely. I I believe, you know, and 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 also to bring it around, it, it, one of my stories this past summer working out in Colorado and and, and uh, uh, the sagebrush ecosystem, studying grasses. I realized that I needed to train my eyes to see different types of grasses. Mm-hmm. M- my brain, my my default network had just said when you see gra- a grass you just see the green or you see mm-hmm. you just see grass you can't see the different grasses because that is the mode that i that many of us are trained on when you drive along the road you see you you just see a tunnel of trees you just see the road you don't see what's through that first layer of trees right mm-hmm. so breaking down that default mode and starting to see the individual grasses I go different places now and I see so many more grasses, you know, and, and, and that's, it took time and and effort just like Mm -hmm. in listening to the trees. But at the end, 
the world in front of you is the same. And now bringing that all the way back to the beginning when you said, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but what's in our backyard, you know, we want to, we want people to, you know, know what's right around them there. Our place. Yeah, right. our place, you know, because I think for us to build a sustainable future, we have to be, ha we have to find our place, but we have to be happy where we are too. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you realize there are infinite lenses to view your own backyard through, that could, is part of a sustainable future. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it, like to, to kind of, I am fascinated this time of my life in the, species, the, the history of our species, as I mentioned already. Mm -hmm. But if you think about that kind of uh, discrepancy, like having the discrepancy to, to uh, decipher between different grasses and things like that, probably was second nature to somebody, um, you know, 5,000, 10,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And a life-saving tool and things like that. And you think that we have advanced and progressed so much, but we can't do that anymore. I mean, unless you're like Mark and you spend time or Deirdre listening to the trees or the guy in the Pacific Northwest, like we have lost so many amazing skills as a species mm. and we've traded them for some other skills, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but I find it like, like I, um, I used to, I've told you this before, I used to work with whales. People would always ask, are they smarter than humans? And I hated that question because um, I would say, well, can you echolocate? No. <laughs> but, so, I mean, I think, you know, like every species is uh, perfectly fit for their own niche. And it just is so sad. I'm sitting here thinking that we have lost so much of our perfect fit, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. anyway, I'm, yeah. just, I'm sad about that. And that brings me to what we kind of just talked about before we hit record here. But I want to know, Deirdre, were you always a woodsy person? Did you grow up in the woods? Or is there hope for me There's coming from, the, <laughs> from Houston, Texas? Is there hope for me to be a woodland per, a woodland creature? Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I grew up as a Navy kid. So yeah. I grew up on jet bases and... Um, various places around the country. So that provided me with a deep sense of alternate realities, that's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and, and variety of variety of, covers, of right? uh, cultures and environments yeah. and all of that. But I was always drawn to the outdoors. And I was one of five and my dad was gone a lot so my mom had us yeah. um, to deal with. And um, so much went outside and came in at lunch yeah. and you went back out to dinner and you know then you're back outside yeah. you know, if you could get out of doing the dishes right and um and my mom also took us on nature walks okay um so because that was a place we could she could let us run and we mm. were, were safe uh, or we'd go to the beach but i my favorite day was when Mom said, we're going to be doing a nature, we'll do a nature walk today. Mm -hmm. And I was just beside myself. Was <laughs> and my, was, was your mom a, a nature? Not, no, she grew up in inner city Philadelphia. Okay, yeah. all right, so there is hope. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. And, okay. But what my mom did for me, and I always appreciated is she saw my natural curiosity of the natural world mm -hmm. and supported it mm -hmm. in that I would get a magnifying glass, like a huge, a stool that had a huge magnifying glass in it instead of a Barbie doll yeah. type of thing or a chemistry set or um, dissecting. I like, really like dissecting things. So yeah. that was my thing. Um, so um, 
So I've always kind of been attracted to that. And I never really saw it as that, you know, but then I went to college and I was really attracted to just being outdoors mm -hmm. and um, met people that were doing that type of thing. Um, met a gal who introduced me to Outward Bound. Oh, yeah. And she either went to Outward Bound or knew about Outward Bound. I was like, Outward Bound, what is that? And then I found out about it. I said, I have got to go. Yeah. So I went to Outward Bound right after I graduated, my undergraduate. I went for a month on, into North Carolina okay. and did their month-long trip. And that was, that was a turning point for mm -hmm. me. That, mm -hmm. Right then, I was like, oh my goodness. Um, and I've just been seeking it ever since. I believe that my call towards natural medicine is also from the same, it's from the same well. Mm -hmm. um, had I known that you could have a respectable life or a career respectable in quotes, um, <laughs> according to who, yeah. um, but back then it was according to everybody, yeah. right? Um, in outdoor education, or yeah. that was even something, mm -hmm. I probably would have gravitated towards yeah. that, but not. And but then suddenly, naturopathic medicine was fell in my lap, yeah. and I was like, "Whoa, what's that?" And then followed that out. I was like, "Oh, now with my interest in plants and more natural lifestyle, mm -hmm. I can integrate yep. both of these things." And, and it, it was together. It was perfect. It was really a wonderful. It has been a wonderful experience. I was thinking about that I've had two, if this is a career, which is not a career, it's overstating it, but two callings, if mm -hmm. you will. Um, one towards natural medicine, which was very fulfilling, and I hope I served everyone well. Mm -hmm. And this other one into the forest with uh, bringing people into the forest for nature yeah. connection. Um, what, how, what a blessing of, to have two of those experiences. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, they say the average, average person has like seven careers, right, in a lifetime. So you yeah. you still got things oh, ahead you of you. Yeah. Do. you. Yeah, you could. Who knows what your next calling will be? Right. Or hopefully you'll, you can overlap them or oh. something. Well, I that see. I great. see these two as you know. It's just a continuation. Yep. Just, yep. And you know, and when I was in practice, I um, I had a couple of different things that I did. I was uh, one thing I came up with. I had been to a lifestyle and medicine conference I think Harvard put on, and they're really talking about the importance of exercise and physical activity mm -hmm. um, and as a major determinant of health. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how can I support this with my patient? You know, I was always talking to my patients about it, but how can I just like every visit, like every visit I ask my smoking patients, are they ready to quit yet? Or is this something they want to talk about? Always, always. Now. Every visit, I ask my patients, what are you doing for your exercise mm -hmm. or act outdoor activity? I, I switched it from exercise to exercise and outdoor mm -hmm. activity. I started to do mm -hmm. both at the end. But I came up with this idea, and I thought exercise is medicine. Okay. So I got these little prescription bottles. I ordered like 100 of them or 500 <laughs> of them. Made up a handout. My staff, it drove my staff nuts because they had to fold it, roll it, and get it in this little prescription bottle. And then we put a pharmacy label yeah. on it. And told them what to do, you know, this yeah. is, um, you know, how many times a week I wanted them to do it type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I mean, almost every patient left with one of those yeah. over the years. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing on, um, on that. Where was I going with the other one? There was another idea. Um, but 
as I was growing in my practice and seeing how uh, the lack of natural, being outdoors, mm -hmm. particularly outdoors, um, was affecting people mm -hmm. and being indoors and not having, just not connecting, not only with nature, but just even looking at nice yeah. things, yeah. you know. Um, and some people probably don't even know that they should be doing it, right? Like they don't even have that, like I should eat my fruits, I should eat my vegetables, don't even think about. No, mm -hmm. at all. And it's, you know, one of the most important things that, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's been termed vitamin N or something like mm -hmm. that. Nature. So, yeah. um, so anyway. And so how many people would, would heed your, your advice and I take your, their medicine? They would. Yeah. You know, I mean, they all, every one of my patients know that I, I ask them at every single yeah. visit. Over yeah. many many years, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. And um, have you been outside? And mm -hmm. and if I gave someone a prescription for exercise, I unless they were really infirm, mm -hmm. um, I said you should do it outdoors. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should go for a walk outdoors, mm -hmm. not on that treadmill. Mm -hmm. The treadmill is for the rainy day. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, walking in the mall. I think there was even a study that people that walked in a mall didn't had hardly any benefit. Really? Yeah, because it was oh. just so, you know, yeah, you know, the morning walk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pleasant life. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, there is a I get it. I get upset sometimes when I walk through a mall, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I get it. I know. It doesn't even count as exercise. And you're like, how do I want to buy these things? Now? I know. It's yeah. all going to end up in a landfill. Yeah. Right? Oh, mm -mm. I know. So I see forest bathing and, 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 you know, the way, you know, moving past your, your, your natural medicine practice, I mean, that's still part of, of who you are and what you do and your knowledge that you bring. Forest bathing is sort of a continuation or the next level of that prescription of right. vitamin N, right? right? It's like now, okay, I, 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 step one was starting to have this conversation with, with my patients, but now step two is I can really accompany. I can bring them into it or mm -hmm. accompany them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there was some, I, I wanted to do a, like a walk after work and also I wanted to do a bike ride, you know, ride with the dock kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. But, you know, there was all these insurance things yeah. and liability things. It's like, that's so dumb. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it was <laughs> yeah. there. It was a reality. I had yeah. to, you know, pay attention to that. So, right. um, so it's just a little bit different now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. All the hurdles you have to jump over yeah. to get outside. Right, which is which like is is the core of who we are. Yeah. Like, I think you're it, asking permission to go back to where we were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess okay, let's what does a what does a forest bathing day look like? Forest Say bathing a, day. Typical a typical forest bathing yeah. day. Yeah. A typical <laughs> bath. A typical, a typical, a typical bath. bath. Yeah. Yeah. So um Like say at Wahanita, because I I mean it's such it's a good We can spot. also talk about how great Wahanita is. I just, yeah. I, when I go there, whether I'm in the cabin getting ready for one of our after school programs, or if I'm just going there to walk on my own, I always find different inspiration. And it, it, I always thank the Girl Scouts too. Um, but also, that whatever, naturally, it's, it's just a wonderful place. Really thankful for it. It's so. really interesting. Yeah. It has all sorts of things. I was in there the other day, and the ice in the streams was mm -hmm. so different uh -huh. and amazing. Uh -huh. The edges of it were like those uh, shelf mushrooms that grow, uh -huh. uh, you know, and that that white leading edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all the all, they had these scalloped edges through all the pond, not the ponds, the streams. Uh -huh. It was very interesting. Never seen it like that before. Nice. Yeah. But a typical forest forest bathing. The, with forest bathing, 
the, um, the way to get into that space in your head or that very calm space is to bring people into their senses. So it's a, it's, it's a sensory bath is mm -hmm. really what it is. And so um, we typically, uh, there is what's known as a standard sequence of how you pace a walk and what you do at what point in a walk. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of the training thing. But people, we do like a mindfulness, uh, not a mindfulness, a sensory um, meditation, if you will, or I just lead them through a sensory embodiment, body scan. Only we're not scanning our wrists, we're scanning our sense of smell, our taste, mm -hmm. our sense of imagination, hearing, mm -hmm. touch. Um, and then we go into, into the forest and then I give a series of what I call invitations. And an invitation, they're invitations because you're free not to do them. It's not required that you do anything. This is your time. Um, but I they give some direction or whatever, some invitation to experience the next 10 to 15 minutes in this way. So it might be walk and listen to the bird song today. And it will often change because I'm keying into what's happening that day. You know, if it's dead, there's no wind, we're not going to do a listen to the wind and the trees experience. Um, but there may be really beautiful clouds. So, oh, let's lay on the, let's just lay down on that circle and watch clouds for 10 minutes mm -hmm. type of thing. And, and then asking people after they experience it and to keep the invitation um, very open. Because if you really narrow down, like, um, look for all the oak leaves mm -hmm. as we go in the next 15 minutes. Well, that's going to narrow a person's experience down, mm -hmm. and they're also going to go into discernment. Mm -hmm. What's an oak? What's not? What's an oak? What's not? And mm -hmm. that's not going to contribute at all to their deep experience of nature connection. They it's, might miss something. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a, you know, you, you're connecting in a different way, but it's not in, um, in, in your imagination. It's much more... It's that analytical brain. Analytical yeah. brain, right. Mm -hmm. Thank you for helping me with that. Mm -hmm. so, um, so getting people to drop down and key into very open sensory uh, mm -hmm. invitations. Mm -hmm. They're very nondescript mm -hmm. um, based on what's going on. So there may be a series of th about three invitations in a walk. And then one invitation is in my walks is always a sit spot and typically that's at the end mm -hmm. and a sit spot is where you sit in one spot and do nothing and I may give a scroll with a, a little inspirational quote from you know John Muir or something mm -hmm. just to pocket and if you think you want to look at it you can or if you run into your pocket later on in the day it might pop out mm -hmm. um, but again that allows people to really integrate what they have just experienced in the other invitations a little bit deeper and then they're sitting in uh, in the forest and now their senses are really highly tuned. Um, and then also part of it is sharing what we experience in each invitation. What that does is one, we get alerted to, oh, I never saw it that way. So everybody's perception is different. Everybody's response to an invitation is different. Um, sometimes people will do something completely different because they forgot what the invitation was, which is great. You know, <laughs> as long as they're doing their thing. Um, so we share very briefly um, just what we noticed while we were doing the invitation, whether it was the moss is so green or today I've never really experienced looking at moss this way or there's a lot of different mosses. 
I never ex experienced so many mosses. Um, Juanita is great for mosses, oh, yeah. the moss haven. Uh -huh. um, um, and then at the end, um, we bring everybody back together where we started. And that's, I like to do a loop trail because again, you get away, you know, mm -hmm. and you go deeper into the woods. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and at the end, I have, uh, I serve tea. And this is, brings us a time to come back together, come back to the real world, um, share anything else we want to share, and then experience also our sense of taste. Um, another, I make a wild tea typically, mm -hmm. nice. of a white pine tea mm -hmm. is common because that's so easy. And in the spring, I'll be, um, once the, it uh, fla uh, blooms again, the sweet fern tea. Nice. So, um, and that's fun mm -hmm. to do that. And, and, so that's kind of the typical thing. It takes about two hours. Nice. Yeah. And the, the sharing part also creates community. So I, there, there is a sense at the end of the walks that I've experienced that most people don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still talking mm -hmm. type of thing. And it's time to go because everybody's got errands to run, etc. <laughs> but um, um, I think that building of community of being heard and also listening, deeply listening, because mm -hmm. you're in a space to deeply listen mm -hmm. and not distracted. Mm -hmm. So I love it. And I, I want to go right now. I know, right? Go bake me. I want to go do it. I want to take you guys I out. Know. So I want you yeah. to get, do a staff, like have a yeah. staff meeting. Mm -hmm. Say, let's carve out two hours where Deirdre will take us yes. out for us. Mm -hmm. We'll do it. That sounds we'll great. Because we still have to plan um, what, what our schedule for these are going to, our mm -hmm. offerings are going to be right yep. for the spring. Yeah, but I had, I uh, threw some dates out, so okay, I have cool. to modify one, but, um, I really believe like the way that you described it and given like my comments on, on, you know, how, how enhanced and heightened our senses used to be. It's, I feel like you're teaching time travel and, and I feel like I want to go on this trip. Like mm -hmm. I want to go back in time to when we could sense all those things. Like, I, I just want to experience it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, mo a majority of people will say at one of their sharings, I haven't thought about this or mm -hmm. did anything like this since I was a kid. Yeah. Or I haven't really looked at trees like this since mm -hmm. I was pressing leaves in third grade. Right. Or mm -hmm. So right. I think it does bring us back, but I also bring us back to that other primor primal yes. sense. Right. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because it's in us. It's it in is. our DNA. Right. There's shadows of it all. Right, mm -hmm. yeah. exactly. And I want to touch that point. I want to, I want to like, I want to feel what it felt, you know? So yeah. sign me up. Yeah. And yeah. I think also with forest bathing, because it is not physically challenging, mm -hmm. um, you can make it physically challenging. You could. Um, and that might be a fun thing to do mm -hmm. with real fit people to do mm -hmm. a sensory physical thing so people get both angles worked. Yeah. Like maybe a before and after. Yeah. Like let's see what we what taste now and then let's <laughs> run you into the ground. And then, and then yeah. what is it like afterward? Yeah. So I think those would be interesting things. Yeah. Um, but that's what I also like about it is that any pretty much anybody can do this. Mm -hmm. That... And you have to be able to walk in where I'm doing it. You have to be able to do that. But again, as I said, you can do it inside and have people looking outside. There's many ways to mm -hmm. create it. And it doesn't leave anybody behind. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah, this is great. I know. I know. I, I want to keep so going, but I'm too. sure people are ready to. Yeah. Know.
<laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's nice, and, and thanks, Deirdre. And, and I guess we'll look for um, some dates for forest bathing with yep, you out at Wahanita. Are we going to keep doing it? Some at Wahanita, but I think I'd like to also do one um, I, I, maybe a different Somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm also interested in doing a shoreline one. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, nice. so I don't know how to get people to realize forest bathing at the ocean, mm-hmm. but um, I think it <laughs> Well, it's be got fun. stuck with the name. We can, you know. Yeah, we got to yeah. work on it. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, just even exploring. Do you know what the rack line is? No. The rack line is that line of seaweed and oh, everything oh, that comes yeah. up um, at the tide. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, mm-hmm. there's endless. Mm-hmm. You should do it when the uh, when the horseshoe crabs horseshoe are spawning. spawning. Do like an evening one, like a you yeah. know, oh that would be so fun. Yeah, and I think it'd be really cool to do one on the ocean when the moon is rising mm-hmm. at you know mm-hmm. at night, mm-hmm. you know, or at dusk, so yep. that people are doing their sit spot just as the moon is rising. Mm. You've got That's some ideas, great. Deirdre. We're we're ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anywhere that people can learn more about you or? find out you can go to westerlylandtrust.org to find out more about um, our collaboration with with Deirdre Um, and is there anything um, you know an email address that you have that you would share with people so sweetfernforesttherapy at gmail.com all one word and um, let's see I'm I'm listed the Association for Nature and Forest Therapists Mm -hmm. they have a guide uh, portal or whatever and Mm -hmm. I'm listed there and that is Nature and Forest Therapy Earth, okay. I believe. They keep changing the, the website name. Um, what was the name of the database though? One more time. It was or Association of Nature and Forest Therapists. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. where that is, and you can also find guides that way. Mm-hmm. And I encourage anybody, if you're traveling, and you want to experience the place that you're going, look to see if somebody's offering forest bathing. And so there's a website called forestbathingfinder.com oh, amazing. that lists what walks throughout the United, uh, throughout the world, actually. Okay. Yep. This is an international movement. This is not confined to the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I mean, it started in Japan, right. but mm-hmm. the European, the South, Central and South American groups are very active. We're going yeah. to Costa Rica in April. I'm going to have to look it up. There, I can tell you a couple people. Okay, perfect. We'll talk. We'll nice. talk. We'll do it. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, thanks for joining us here. Thank you. It's always this great to talk to you. This was very fun. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right.